All right, before we begin, just have to note that it looks like Jossie Zardes and a PFOC got injured in this past week, which kind of muddies the water on our striker discussion a little bit. Now I don't really know who we're going to decide to take up the mantle as our starting number nine. I guess it's Sargent and then DK and I don't know who else. Maybe Altador. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, that's just a quick update on those injuries there. Just keep that in mind when we talk about the strikers. Uh, yeah, give us a follow on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on right now. A follow on Twitter at, at Final Third Show. And yeah, let's get to the show. Hello and welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. My name is Jack Seaprasad. I have recently turned 21, which yeah. was fun. Uh, and I am a fan of Minnesota United, which didn't turn out well on Tuesday, no, given the circumstances. Uh, a Chelsea fan, which will hopefully turn out well this weekend. An Atalanta fan, a French national team fan, and very pertinent to today's discussion, a USMNT fan. And yeah, I'm joined, as always, by with AJ. Yeah, my name's AJ. Sorry to interrupt you there, Jack. <laughs> Didn't want to interrupt... Uh... Uh, considering you're older than me, I, I want to respect yeah, my elders. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just so I'm just so old now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Twenty one. I still got a couple months until I turn twenty one. Six months, actually. Yeah. Uh, but I am also a Minnesota United fan. Pretty sad that we. I almost said lost. We might as well have lost. The yeah, one pretty much. It, it feels San like Jose a loss. Earthquakes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, West Ham United. Uh, play Leicester this weekend. Really excited for that. And, as you said, pertinent to today, U.S. national team fan. Because we were talking about the U.S. men's national team, Jack. This is this is exciting. This is for for people who don't know, who aren't like in tune with international soccer. You know, World Cup qualifying is a big deal because it qualifies you to the big dance, the the final thirty two teams, soon to be forty eight teams at the World Cup. For U.S. fans like ourselves, like this World Cup qualifying cycle is like the regular season for other sports. And the World Cup is the playoffs like this is everything that we've been working towards. We're, we've been working towards this World Cup qualifying cycle, like the Gold Cup Nations League. That's all B tier compared to the A tier. That is this mini tournament, or I shouldn't say mini because it's like, what, <laughs> 10 games, not even 10. It's a lot of games. It's it, a lot. Uh, 14, 14 games, 14. Yeah. yeah. So today we're going to talk about, you know, what we can expect out of this first September camp and uh, the players that we think should be called up. Uh, Jack, are you ready to talk a little bit about the US men's national team? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Final Third Show. We are posting a lot about the US men's national team, as always, but we're also posting a lot about European soccer that just started, MLS, NWSL, the, the lower leagues in uh, England and beyond, all that stuff. So give us a follow there. Let's talk about how World Cup qualifying is going to start out, Jack, before I throw to you for some predictions on this first camp. Uh, it's going to be a group of eight teams, USA included. That includes El Salvador, United States, Canada, Honduras, Jamaica, Panama, uh costa rica mexico and uh that is it yes and this is going to be really interesting because instead of six teams as before it's eight teams so we're going to play 14 games both home and away to each team and because of covid19 it's going to be very condensed usually we have 
what a one and a half two year cycle to get all these games in now we're starting september 2nd and we're finishing march 30th so a lot of these windows are going to be three games in a week so we're going to see a lot a lot of depth a lot of rotation going on even we're getting even january games which is something that we don't really see in world soccer january 27th january 30th and february 2nd we're having three games that that's crazy that's nuts this first window is something that we need to get you know down and nailed really quickly playing el salvador out away in san salvador we're playing canada at home in nashville honduras we're playing away at san pedro sula in honduras jack who or i shouldn't say who how many points are do you think that the u.s men's national team can take away from this very hectic start to world cup qualifying Ooh, well it's it's a little tough because the games that we have are pretty tough we're playing away at el salvador first uh then we go to sorry my page just reloaded Na- national for no reason. canada yeah uh we uh at home canada and then um we play honduras away so yeah yeah two very tough away games even though the teams may not be necessarily giants of CONCACAF by any means but still very good teams and especially when we're playing them at their uh where they play and honestly I'd be happy with I'll I'll say anywhere from like like six to seven points from this because I think it'll be tough but I think we could beat El Salvador and I think we can beat Honduras Canada has been very good recently and Alfonso Davies is back fit Jonathan David is back fit yeah, it could be tough. And you know what? I, I, I think, yes, we beat them in the Gold Cup group stage. We got very lucky in that game. Yes. So I, I'm going to I'm going to say, like, I'm going to keep uh, the optimist in me quiet a little bit and say okay. that uh, maybe we'll draw that one. So yes. I, I think seven points is uh-huh. probably what I'm thinking. Se- seven points would be would be a very good start, I think. I think uh, so. Can- Canada I'm worried a lot about uh, Honduras and El Salvador also. Canada as well. Canada, obviously, they have like, you know, David Davies, like you said. Buchanan, I'll add. Uh, right. Kyle Laren, uh, uh, Larea as well. Like, very good attacking players. Defense could be suspect at times. So maybe we can exploit that with our myriad of attacking players. Hopefully that goes well. Uh, we, uh, we also ask this to our Twitter followers. Uh, we asked how many points are the U.S. men's national team getting in this upcoming September window. Gave them four options. Zero percent said zero to three points. So, you know, thank God. Hopefully, hopefully those people are right that that, you know, didn't choose zero to three points. Uh, the top choice with 57.1 percent of the vote was six to seven points. So they agree with you. I'm also going to go with six to seven points. I think that it's the most rational uh, decision to make given the opponent's a very optimistic group said nine points. Twenty eight point six percent of our voters said nine points. Like I, that'd, I'd be ecstatic. That is a great way to build a good gap. You know? Yeah, it would be. Four to five points uh, was the the last option. Fourteen point three percent of people said that. I'd be kind of worried with four points, five points. I mean, I'll be like, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever, but. Uh, anything less than four points, I think I'd start to be worried. Would you, would oh, you yeah, also be sure. worried? Yeah. Yeah. If if because if you're less than four points, that means 
you either drew all three games or you only won one of the games. Yeah, so exactly. Neither of those are good scenarios. Yeah, especially when you go into World Cup qualifying and the other windows, like we're, we're, this turnaround from September to October in, le- in like a little bit more than a month is crazy because we immediately play another three game window at home to Jamaica, away to Panama and at home to Costa Rica. Then November, we, we have a, a double game uh, window at home to Mexico, away to Jamaica, who Mikel Antonio has declared for. So all these all teams, your favorite. Yeah, exactly. All, all these teams are very strong. We got to get a good start. And that includes calling up the right players. Jack, shall we get started with some of our uh, camp predictions, I suppose? Yeah, and I, I, I think I, I probably went for more of a dream roster type thing, yeah. like, uh, and maybe more of an ideal roster than you might have gone for. But we'll, we'll see as we go along through this. Yes, yes. Uh, we will note that usually when you call up players, it's a group of 23. Today, we're talking about 28 players because it's been reported that Greg Berhalter has the ability to call up 26 to 28 players due to uh, whatever COVID, just uh, oh, just how impactful these these games are going to be to players' health considering they're playing three in one window. So we have decided to Pick 28 players, some honorable mentions spattered throughout there and try to build a strong roster that we think could make us champions of this World Cup qualifying group. Jack, do you want to start with uh, probably the, the most competitive position in, in this team, which is goalkeeper? What do you say with that? Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling we have the exact same three for this. Yes, I, I have a feeling. I'd hope so. I'd really hope that everybody has the same yeah. three. You have Brad Guzan as number one, right? Yeah, of course. I, oh, I, perfect. I actually have like 40-year-old Tim Howard as well. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah, he's still playing. He still yeah. is. So. There you go. We just need to get all the bald guys back together. Get Brad Friedel in here as well. Just, <laughs> just like, get them all. Yeah. Reunite and, them. Yeah. Let's also shave the three goalkeepers that we actually have here. I'm going to guess that it's Matt Turner, Ethan Horvath, Zach Steffen. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's who I have. Yeah, okay, it, okay. It's pretty much undeniable that those are yes the three best goalkeepers we have at our yeah. disposal right now. And yeah, I mean they were all good in different strengths. Uh, so I, I I think like Matt Turner is definitely better at like pure shot stopping. Uh huh. But Stefan is really good with his feet. Horvath, of course, good penalty saver for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think he also has better positioning most of the time than Zach Stefan. Uh, but that that that's a very small group of games that I'm basing that off. Uh huh. I, yeah. I, I mean, th- these guys are very good, and the fact that we have such a such a, a rich group of players to pick from. Obviously, we we would have wanted to have David Ochoa as uh, a fourth choice, but these three, like, wow, like Matt Turner. I got some stats for most of the players that we're going to talk about. He obviously had a great Gold Cup. We watched, we talked about it, only conceded once and zero times from open play with New England Revolution, where he's playing very regularly. That's something that we should note. The fact that he's playing regular games with New England Revolution, like constantly getting reps, Ethan Horvath and Zach Steffen are not currently getting that. Ethan Horvath has yet to start for Nottingham Forest. Hopefully, 
I, I know they, in the they, league in the league he hasn't started but yeah, he did so have a great true. game in the Carabao Cup yeah. but that that's not going to be as consistent as you would want out of a goalkeeper right. even though uh Nottingham Forest did lose to Blackburn today and th- if you saw the second goal their first first goalkeeper right now is did a terrible job attempting to save that ball that was that was terrible and Zach Steffen he he has like you know cup competitions under his belt with man city but is that enough to really cement him as first choice i don't know because when you look at matt turner with new england he's outperforming his xg on target so his expected goals that he would concede by three goals and he's an all-star i mean he's for my money the best goalkeeper right now in uh in the league in mls ethan horvath like i said is a bench warmer zach stefan is learning a lot from pep and ederson not really getting a lot of minutes outside of those cup competitions. But like you said, he's really good at distribution, really good at playing with his feet. His decision-making can be suspect. And this is the biggest thing I don't like about Zach Steffen. Like, I get so scared whenever he plays. <laughs> like, he, he, he's, he cuts out passes and, like, balls. And he's pretty good. But he cuts it really, really close. Like, like yeah. when a... When a an attacker is lunging towards him, trying to get the ball. He waits until the very last second. I'm like, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Whenever there's a corner, my heartbeat races to like 130 beats per minute because I- I'm afraid that he's not going to make the right decision to claim the ball, punch it away, or like stay back on his line. So there's, there's still a lot to learn there. Jack, against El Salvador, the very first competitive game with hopefully all three of these goalkeepers, who do you start in goal? Who are you most confident in? I'd actually go with Matt Turner. And the reason why is basically what you said. He's the only one that's getting consistent minutes right now. And, you know, is really in like mid season kind of kind of mode. So he he has been playing for a while, had a fantastic gold cup, uh, put put out uh, put up shutouts against some teams that, you know, play kind of similar to how El Salvador to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, like Qatar, for example, play kind of similar to how they do. They play a lot at the back and they'll try and hit you on a counter. And that that's how a lot of teams in CONCACAF seem to play, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I would pick him because his shot stopping is good. I'm not sure if um he'll need to be that clean with his feet necessarily, like making making lawn balls or anything like that. I, I think it's going to be more playing out from the back uh, against El Salvador. Yeah, it is usually anyway. But uh, still, I, I think that he is the most logical choice just because mm-hmm. he, he's been playing the most. Yeah. And uh, like you said, with, with those uh, long balls and playing out at the back, I, I don't think that El Salvador is necessarily going to be like pressing us like un- unbelievably hard. Right. right, we might see that w- with Canada. I think Canada might might come up with with a higher tempo, mm-hmm. but but I don't know. Maybe El Salvador is also playing at home, so maybe they they, they come out like swinging. But maybe. I, I I think as long as Matt Turner doesn't have to face too much pressure, we we could be able to get away with that. I, I I'm kind of of the notion where <laughs> we give each of these goalkeepers a game, each of them a game. Okay, yeah, start Horvath for Canada, uh, start Turner for El Salvador, Honduras. Give it to Stefan. I don't know, just like. <laughs> they're all good so i mean just just like really test them really test them yeah all right 
Let's talk about some fullbacks, Jack. You, you mentioned before we started, we have you have six fullbacks. I, I've changed that now. I have okay. one, two, three, four. Wait. Oh, yeah, yes. I have five fullbacks and right. five cen- center backs. So. All right. Well, walk us through your fullbacks. Who are you taking? Well, the I, I'm going to start with the two that I think should start. Okay, okay. For yeah, most sure. of the games. Uh, first of all, Serginho Dest, again, course, uh, from Barcelona at right back. I, I think he's been fantastic his uh dress sense for situations could use a little bit of work <laughs> uh but that that doesn't matter on the pitch so that's fine yes, yes uh i i think he's a really good fullback he provides a good attacking threat which is great when you consider you know the type of forwards we might have uh spoiler alert uh <laughs> p- perhaps uh playing up front for us and yeah i i think he he's the ideal starter at that right back position on the left back I'm going for may, maybe so, someone who has been getting a little oh, who I, I'm not going to say has been getting hate, but maybe maybe gets overlooked because he's playing in the championship, uh-huh. which is Anthony Robinson. I, yeah. I think he he's still our best left back. Yes, his defensive work is, isn't all there all the time, but his attacking threat, like I said, is very good. Mm-hmm. He, he plays kind of wing back sometimes for Fulham or at least did in the Premier League last season. And he. He uh, could use some more defensive uh, stability in his game, but he is still by far our best left back. And I, I think like, yeah, he, he definitely deserves a start. And he's had a great start to the season so far yeah. in the championship. Uh, Fulham have only conceded three goals for three games, mm-hmm. and he has an average foot mob rating of 7.39. So it's not like he's he's playing badly. Yeah, exactly. He, he's been a, a good player for Fulham and uh, for my other fullbacks, my kind of second choice pairing uh, of fullbacks would be Reggie Cannon at right mm-hmm. back because he's got experience and stuff like that. So I, I think like, yes, he's been playing very well. And uh, the only thing that would make me a little bit suspicious is uh, about him playing is he kind of needs to sort out his club situation. I think he's still yes. pe- uh, pondering a move away from Boa Vista since they got relegated, I believe. I, could no, be I, I don't think they got relegated. They are bad. And I think they're going through financial yeah. issues. They, and I knew at least if they didn't get relegated, they're bad. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he's looking towards a move towards Nice, which would be an interesting move for him. Uh, he'd, get to play, he'd get to Mark Messi, I guess. That would be interesting. <laughs> that would be that would be a slaughterhouse, I think. <laughs> Even though uh, I, I agree with Dest and Robinson. Cannon is i i think not a a much better defender than dest but his defense is where he shines and i i think that even though if we're sacrificing attacking uh, power reggie cannon as that stay back right back you know no nonsense like uh collect the ball slow down attacks that's a good option to have yeah and uh you know i i th- i think he he's just slightly over yedlin for me right now just because yeah, i mean yeah, Yedlin. Yedlin's not he even been, like playing. Yeah, he's not getting playing time for Galatasaray, and he he is very prone to mistakes. I'd rather give Reggie Cannon more minutes because he's pretty yeah. young still, and you know, give him some give him some time to to mm-hmm. play more. Uh, at at my backup left back, I've gone for a man who recently made a European move, Sam All Vines. Right. I, I think yeah. I think he's he really showed what he's uh, what he's good at during the Gold Cup. Really fantastic from him. Mm-hmm. I think. I, I think he was one of the best 
players throughout the entire gold cup honestly i that might might be a hot take but it might be i low-key agree with you yeah (laughs) but not not enough for not enough for me to say it because i don't want to get roasted (laughs) if, if people find this I, I don't think like he I, I don't think he was the best, but okay. I think he was like it, he was one of the better performers, I guess. Maybe I'm softening it a little bit, but he <laughs> he, he was de- he was definitely in the top half of the performance from the Gold Cup. If I had to if I had to make a tier list, I guess, of, uh-huh. of everything. So I, I think he really showed what he was worth. Good, de- good defensive work. Maybe not as mm-hmm. much of an attacking threat, although he did score a winning goal against Haiti, which was nice. But uh yeah, I, and then my other fullback, I went between uh, th- th- this player and George Bello, uh-huh. but I ended up going for Shaq Moore okay, yeah, uh, yeah. from Tenerife. Again, standout player from the Gold Cup, was very solid at right back. Uh, George Bello, I, I, want, I, I want to see more from him, but I, I have him kind of on the periphery of fullbacks right now because we have a lot of fullback depth, but you know, I think at left back right now, it's pretty clear that Robinson and Vines are like the two at uh-huh. the top. So I don't know. I, I could, I could see either Shaq Moore or, uh, or, uh, George Bello getting called, up, getting called up to that one. I, and I wouldn't be mad with either of those. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I did have either of them it making like my final 28. Uh, I, I just had the four that you mentioned, uh, before that Sam Vines, Roger Cannon, Robinson and Dest. Sam Vines, uh, just moved to Royal Antwerp in Belgium. I think he's a good tackler. I think he's a good overall defender, which is good because you're backing up Anthony Robinson, who's not exactly the best at that. But his Gold Cup performances kind of show that he wasn't the best in possession. Like, he wasn't great at necessarily, you know, taking those risky chances, like playing the ball forward. Like, he, he he's he's not that kind of fullback yeah. he, he's not an attacking minded fullback but yeah some against some of these teams you're going to need that defensive minded uh, fullback yes yes uh i also have some just honorable mentions or in the periphery as you uh described shaq moore is definitely one of those i think for my money he's my third choice right back right now george bello might be my third fourth choice left back I honestly think that Dest is still our best left back, and I, I'd like to see him uh, on the left with Cannon on the right in, in a, like a must-win game. I, I still believe in Anthony Robinson. Like I'm not trying to badmouth him. Uh, also, Jonathan Gomez, who's a young left back from Louisville City, he's a dual national. I think he's only like 17 or 18, but he's a dual national with Mexico, and he's such a good talent on the left that I think we need to cap him, get him into camp eventually, even if we're not going to. Uh, have him be our starter right away joe scally obviously played very well against bayern with borussia Mönchengladbach, but obviously i just one game we need to see more consistency from him on the top level but we could see him come january or february if he just becomes like a crazy left back and i also have brian reynolds who is hopefully going to play under you know, Mourinho <laughs> with roma but that's yet to be seen yeah, I, I had I had both of those last two on my on the periphery and same reasons. Reynolds needs to short out sort out his short term club future because mm-hmm. I've heard some rumblings about maybe going out on loan since Mourinho doesn't seem to rate him that highly. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think he should sort that out first rather than try like uh, focus on like a call up or anything. So, yeah. 
I that, mean, that's that that's going to be a common theme for these players that are on the periphery. I think for for me, like players that are trying to sort out club situations is kind yeah. of in that. But yeah, as you said with Joe Scally, though, he was very good uh, at left back in that position, uh, even though he's technically a right back. Uh, yeah. But he's 17 and has barely played any Bundesliga minutes. I'd like to see more from him, too. I think he's good. But again, consistency is key. Yeah, I, I think Joe Scal is actually 18 years old. I, I don't know. Oh, 18. So, I know he's young. He's younger than me. That's 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 all I know. Yeah. Uh, if he went to our college, we'd be making fun of him because he would be a freshman. That's that's just how young he is. Yeah. In order to really look at the, the window there. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's very hard like this window because it's right after the transfer window closes. So technically, like players should be able to come here no problem but also if someone makes a crazy move like a very good move and they might want to spend time with their club to get like situated and they're not like one of these huge big players like Pulisic that we definitely need then yeah maybe maybe they don't make it for this camp in particular but I have a feeling that these center backs that we're about to talk to uh, are pretty I wouldn't say set in stone but a lot of them have good positions with their clubs i wouldn't really expect a huge move except for maybe one yeah i uh, think I, I think i know who you're talking about jack you had how many center backs i had five center backs all right i also have five why don't you go through yours yeah well first of all th- this was the easiest one john anthony brooks oh ha- yes. has has to get get in there you know he is he is our best defender like mm-hmm. out and out defender be- best defender we have so he obviously has to get in there. Yeah. Puts up a brick wall at Wolfsburg. Mm-hmm. Really, fourteen clean sheets last season. A lot of that was due to him. Also, a, lot, a great yeah. ball player because uh, he was actually the 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 second. No, actually, whoa, wow, he was the best passer in Wolfsburg in terms of <laughs> the most accurate passes per match with fifty point two. Like he 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 may be slow, but he's very good at his job at everything else yeah. that that is the only weakness to his game like that kind of recovery pace yeah that, that's that that's the issue and that's why i went for someone who seemed to have really good recovery pace during the gold cup and miles robinson mm-hmm. i actually have him as my other starting center wow back in, okay because he really impressed me he is along with matt turner he is the standout player from the gold cup i said sam vines was good but Miles Robinson and Matt Turner are the two, I think, real standout performers from the Gold Cup, as well as one other player that I think we're both going to talk about soon enough. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 I think he, he should start. He has he kind of has what John Anthony Brooks lacks, really, mm-hmm. in that recovery pace. He's got he's got good heading ability. He's good on the tackle. Yeah. He's good. He's good with the ball. Like, I mean, he. He's a very solid center back, and he's getting a lot more minutes than the than uh, the other three center backs I have in here, which is kind of important, I think, when you're going into an international window. My next uh, next two I have backing them up: Mark McKenzie uh, from is it Gank or Jank? I, I don't know. It's 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 pronounced weird. It, I, uh, I feel like Gank is wrong because that sounds like it sounds nasty. That, yeah. that, <laughs> but uh, he is a good center back, very young. Uh, isn't playing a lot for them right now, but yeah, he he is still. Hopefully that ramps up. You Hope, know? Hopefully it ramps yeah. up. Yeah, and then I have Chris Richards, who is actually playing a little bit because mm-hmm. of uh, 
a few injuries at Bayern Munich. Uh, but you know, I, I think he is a very, he is, he was very promising at Hoffenheim. Yeah. And I, I just think that uh, for the first game, what I would rather see is someone who is like fully in it. And I also think Chris Richards, there's still a possibility he could go out on loan. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think it's still a possibility. It's not like a for sure thing as, as we thought it all was going to be at the beginning of the summer, but I, th- I think it, there's still a possibility. So I, I have him a bit lower down. And then finally I have Matt Miazga on there uh-huh. uh, who looks like he might be heading to La Liga on a loan. Uh, but he, he is a good center back. He had a good season with Anderlecht. Uh, and yeah, I, I think he, he's a, he's a very good defender. Uh, just needs more playing time. Like, uh, because he is not getting it at Chelsea real, real, like ever. I don't think there could be a, an injury crisis to all of the center backs. And I doubt he'd play. Honestly, that, that it, it feels like Chelsea's uh, yeah. coaching staff just don't rate him at all. Yeah, uh, hmm. it, it, this is interesting because I have Matt Miazga as one of my like on the wing kind of players like, oh, if something okay. happens with one of our center backs, we'll call you in uh, the, the goalkeeper, not goalkeeper, the defender that I have, <laughs> the, the center back that I have that you don't have. I think I also I have f- five is Walker Zimmerman. Oh, I thought he was still injured. That's why I didn't pick him. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I'm also picking this like in, in an ideal sense, like like if he is still injured, then I would call up Miazga or I'd call up James Sands, which is my other on the wing type of uh, player. But Walker Zimmerman, he was the MLS defender of the year last year for a reason. He's 6'2". He has an aerial presence for sure. In MLS, he's averaging 1.6 interceptions for clearances per 90. He's the kind of clean it up defender that you would want uh, next to either, you know, Richards, Robinson, Brooks, whatever have you. I, I would say that I, I would like to see Richards start at least one of these games alongside Brooks or alongside Miles Robinson. Like if it's Richards and Robinson and we give Brooks a break, I wouldn't be mad at that because I think that Richards through his time in Hoffenheim has kind of proven that he is a, a, a very sensible defender and that he can hold his own against top level opposition. So if we start him against Honduras or even Canada, I will not be upset. I'm very happy with Miles Robinson. I like that depth that we're building there. Matt Miazga, I don't know. It's just like, I find it a little hard to see him breaking in, like really breaking into the starting lineup without a lot of injuries. Uh, If he performs well on his loan to, what is it, Alaves or whatever? Uh, Deportivo Alaves, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Then, then maybe uh, he comes in, but uh, th- there's just a lot of young talent that are just ahead of him. Uh, James Sands I have as my other center back just because if Greg Halter wants to employ a three-five-two or a not a three a three-four-three like like he did with the Gold Cup, then we could see James Sands playing that center center back because he had great distribution uh, in a three back. He he he. Pl- really complimented the other two center backs that were flanking him. The issue is take the, the three center backs away, make it a two center back system. He kind of struggled. Miles Robinson was very much picking up most of his slack. So, you know, we're not going to play a three, four, three all the time. We're going to play a four, three, three, a lot of the time. So that's why Sands is lower on the list for me. Anything else about center backs you want to cover Jack? I mean, like, I'm, Really I did want to cover one more on the periphery because All I right, think he has to be there because he's exp- 
he's experienced. People don't want to hear it, but Tim Ream should be on the on uh, people's minds. So I know I know people don't want to hear it, but he is a, he is accident prone. He is old. Yes. But, but not a lot he, of positives right now, Jack. What's going no, on? But he he's been good at the start of the season for Fulham in the championship. It it's the championship, sure, but he's been promising there. And he you know, he brings experience to the back line as well, and that's that could be something you need. And he he's not he's not the worst center back we could have, for sure. That that's that's one thing I'll say. That's why he's on the periphery. I don't think he deserves to be in like the starting squad, but yeah, part never. of me know part of me knows that Burhalter is probably going to call yeah. him up anyway. Yeah, I know. You, you know it's true too. I mean, almost every I think almost every U.S. men's national team fan knows he. There's like two things certain in life: it's uh, death and uh, Tim Ream being in the U.S. MNT <laughs> squad. So that, that's that that's what that's what we got going. So I, I I have him on there just because I think it will happen anyway. Yeah. I, I think he is a good locker room presence, but at that point, maybe not include, just don't include him in the <laughs> roster and just like, just make him an assistant coach. Yeah. And I think he's going to make an amazing coach eventually. Cause he's very, if you've heard him talk, he's very smart. He's a great captain for Fulham like right now, but he's not a good player. <laughs> and I think if you want veteran presence on the actual team, you have John Anthony Brooks who scored a goal in a world yeah. cup. So like, no, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying like uh, I know, I know. we don't You're have experience. Like, but if this is Greg uh, picking, then yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. That's why he's there because to to make sure that we we're realistic about expectations sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. Let's let's talk about something more fun than Tim Ream. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about some central midfielders. If we're going off a four-three-three uh, formation, then we have a lot of different roles to fill here in the central midfield. We have the the six, the two eights. Jack, who is your uh, myriad of central midfielders that you have handpicked? Well, first two on the list for me, uh, pretty obvious ones: Weston McKenney and Tyler Adams. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, th- those are the first two names that go on your list, no matter what. I think like the mm-hmm. the they they have to be there. Like they they are kind of what makes the U.S. team work so well in midfield. Uh, Tyler Adams is great as a six. He he uh, he carries the ball forward well. He has good passing distribution. Absolutely, uh, he, he's good at defending too. He does the defensive work. Weston McKenney is very good from central midfield. He he's good at you know he can create chances, but he also gets forward. He's a good presence on corner kicks, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is which is always helpful. So I I think he has to be there as well. So those two. You know, kind kind of like big stars, really, for for the U.S. team. They they have to be there. Uh, if they're not in your roster, the only re- logical reason is injury. That yeah. that's it. And be- because yeah. if I can just butt in here, mm-hmm. uh, they just complement each other so well. Yeah. And if if you're playing like a three four three system, you know they are the first two midfielders that you pick as that 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 double pivot esque thing that you you got building there, like. Meston Kenny, I also have to really highlight his workhorse mentality, his ball winning ability that we saw uh, on display with Juventus last season. And like you mentioned, you know, he corner throw. We saw that against Mexico in the Nations yeah. League final. And he has those late arriving runs that we've seen him score from. Like he's really good. Tyler Adams, really smart defensively. 
slowing attacks down, dropping into the back line and reinforcing them. We saw this with the Nations League without Tyler Adams, even with a good player like Kellen Acosta or James Sands as a backup number six, the back line is just significantly more exposed. And just to echo you some more, his pass completion rate was 85.6% last season. Like he's, he's a very good progressor of the ball through passing out from that six spot. Uh, sorry to steal your thunder there. Yeah, no, the, no problem. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the this next this next one, it's kind of tough to for this one because this player can play like central midfield as like an eight, or they can also play on the wing. I think Burhalter uses him mostly on the wing, but I think I, I know mean, who you're I'm, talking about. I think I agree. Gio Reyna, let's is, go. Is, is who I'm talking yeah. about. I, he he has to be in there too, right? Like I mean, especially mm-hmm. with the form he's in from the start of the season, he's scored a yes. goal. He's been very good. He's been deployed a little bit deeper uh, under Marco Rose at Dortmund than he was by Lucien Favre or Adin Terzic. So, uh, I, I I think he's improved a lot over the past year, and also uh, he's he scored uh, against against Mexico in the Nations League final too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he obviously has to be there. He's a, he is a big game player it seems really. So uh, from the small set of uh, data that we have, but he yeah. he has to be in there. He he's uh, he he's such a good player uh, on the ball. He's very good at progressing it forward. He's good at creating chances, uh, and he's good at scoring them too. So yeah, I, and plus his utility makes it so you have to have him there. Yeah, I, I got some stats for you for Gio Reyna. Not only is he winning trophies already with uh, Borussia Dortmund with the DFB Pokal last season, he's also in the top 20% of attacking midfielders in Europe in pass completion, progressive carries, and touches in the box. He is, he in a way, he's kind of like Michael Jordaning it, where he's like, I'm, I'm doing everything myself. Like, I want the ball all the time. Give me the ball, give me the ball. Sometimes that's a little cocky. Most of the time, that's just elite mentality. Uh, I, I think it was Watke, one of the U.S. Men's National Team Twitter accounts. He made a, you know, he's known for his humorous videos. He made a humorous video about uh, Gio Reyna and how, like, intense he is, how much he screams for the ball, how angry he gets. And, yeah, this guy, this guy's intense. You want him on your team, and you'd hate to, you'd hate to play against him. So I, I, I definitely think that he is on this, this team, one of the first names. Yeah, so... Now that now that I have like my first three midfielders, I have uh-huh. like kind of my backup three. And the first one, you're going to love this one. You're you're really going to love this yeah, one. It, it, this is also right. I'm looking at the name right here because it's literally after those three names. Yeah. Sebastian Legette. Uh, yeah. It, he, he's got to be in there. He he's not always the best player on the pitch, but he is a very good player who progresses the ball pretty well he can create chances he his corner kicks could use Bad. some work yeah, you yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but he he's a good player he has a lot of experience and you know i think he's perfect as like a backup option to uh uh-huh. either weston mckinney or Gio Reyna. so i i think uh yeah he's got to be in in the in the squad for this one yeah uh the one thing i'll add about sebastian lachette everyone knows that i like him like <laughs> everyone knows that he's one of my like my uh i wouldn't say he's my favorite player even though if i did get a jersey i think i'd get legit on the back <laughs> just as like a meme but i i think he's a little overhated it's a little controversial pick to have him but he's a kind of a glue guy he's a good leadership presence uh he has the positional flexibility he could play anywhere on, on, on those two eight positions even on the wing in a pinch 
good at passing the ball, possession dribbling. My the main weakness I see from him is like progressing the ball in a meaningful way. Yeah, he he's good at progressing it forward, but it doesn't create a lot when he does yeah, it. Like like yeah, exactly. Like cr- like progressing the ball and like creating chances from that progression. Many times he'll play the safer ball either backwards or out of pressure instead of playing like a risky ball forward that you might see Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams or Gio Reyna play. And to really back that up, in terms of attacking midfielders in MLS, he's bottom 50% for progressive passes and carries. For midfielders in general, that improves a little bit, but that kind of highlights that if you want an attacking player, Sebastian Legette's not your guy. And that's why I think he's better as a super sub position. Yeah. Jack, why don't you take it away with some uh, more backup midfielders? I think I have an idea of who your next few are. Yeah, the backup six for me, I'll go there next. Kellen Acosta is is my pick there. Uh, I mean, he solidified it in the Gold Cup. That was the other player alongside Miles Robinson and Matt Turner that really broke their way into like uh, the 23-man squad for the World Cup qualifying. He was fantastic. I I mean, Miles Robinson, I think, was given man of the match. Uh, I I could be wrong for the so. Gold Cup final, but, but he deserved. No, it was actually Matt Turner who got it. It was Matt Turner. Okay, I take my, I take Miles Robinson or Kellen Acosta yeah, probably over any him. of them deserved it because they all played incredibly. Kellen Acosta was great on the tackle. He's great at breaking up play. He's great at at pushing the ball forward a little bit as well. Like it might it might not be the same as Tyler Adams, but he he is a good backup option for that. And you know I I think. Yeah, uh, James Sands is close there. I also have him on the periphery. I didn't put him in defense. Okay. I put him in the on the periphery move, of, probably of uh, of the midfield. Uh, but that that I, unless you have more stats about Kellen Acosta, that uh, I try and think as little as possible about Colorado Rapids players. So yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> unless, uh, if you have any, but uh, I have one. He's just a destroyer. He's top sixteen percent in terms of tackles per ninety in MLS. Like he he gets it done. And yeah, hopefully we don't have to think about Colorado Rapids because I'd love to see him move to like a team in Portugal or the championship or hopefully. Belgium or something. That'd be yeah. great. Uh, this this last pick that I have, it's a little weird because I believe this is made off of the assumption that Yunus Musa is still injured, uh-huh. right? Because he's still injured. So he's on the periphery for this list because I took this as like for these three games, who are you taking? So Yunus Musa, he would normally be in here, but he's injured. And so that yeah. that that complicates it. But I think and this one was a little tough, but I think Julian Green deserves right. a call up. I, I think a lot of U.S. men's national team Twitter would agree with you. I, there's a lot of people very excited about Julian Green. Yeah, he he is a good player. He He's probably one of the standout players at Greuther Firth. Uh-huh. Uh, he he creates goals, goal opportunities. He create uh, he scores them as well. Yeah. Nine I, last I, season. Not, he had nine last season, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, he is he is good from central midfield. And yeah, I, I think he deserves a call up. He has had some in the past. I think he he deserves to get back into the picture. And, you know, there's another central midfielder that I have on the periphery that can play there because he was also good in limited minutes in the Gold Cup. And that's Eric Williamson. I, mm. I think he was I think he was pretty good. If we need someone to fill in for injured players, he's definitely a, a top contender to take uh, to take up there because he was very good in that uh, in that Gold Cup final. Even though I I believe he came on as a substitute, I, I could be wrong on that, but I I think uh, I he he regardless he was good. 
He was good in that game. That's what matters. Yeah. Uh, the only central midfielder that I have that you don't have, well, I have a couple of like, honorable mentions, but I have an additional central midfielder because I brought seven. Okay. I brought Luca Della Torre. And okay. that's not necessarily me saying that he is markedly better than anyone that doesn't make it over him. It's just that we haven't seen a lot of him at all. I think he may have gotten a call up last November, perhaps uh, in like that, that first window back from COVID. But he's a great young number eight from Heracles in the Netherlands. I just want to see what he can bring to this team, because I, I feel like if he can prove himself, he's going to make a good uh, backup potentially in the future starting number eight uh, for this team. It just takes a little bit of getting him in, because uh, if I'm being honest, I don't think a lot of fans watch Heracles and in the Netherlands. And to be honest, that is a lower level than uh, these other top European flights. But I think he deserves a spot because he has been doing well for that team. Other than that, on the honorable mention list, Yunus Musa, if if he is uh, healthy, he come he he's over Leget, Kellen Acosta, Julian Green, Luca Del Torre because he's that good. Uh, he's injured right now, but hopefully he's on the brink of a breakout season with valencia other honorable mention Caden clark uh missed out for, for the gold cup due to an uh, appendix bursting inside yeah. of him that's kind of that kind of sucks man kind of yeah. sucks but he's a future rb leipzig player and he just needs to bide his time i he's going to get playing time during this world cup qualifying i have no doubt about it it just takes injury or like rotation to happen he's gonna get called up maybe not this window but eventually other honorable mentions, I'll say Gianluca Busio and Paxton Pomacall, as well as Williamson. I think they're all going to get some look eventually in some capacity in the next year or so. Jack, we're moving on to some very interesting uh, players coming here on the wingers. Uh, unless you have something to say about central midfield at all? No, I think I think you covered everyone that I had on on my honorable mentions as well. All right, well, let's get some Chelsea propaganda out of the way. Why don't you talk about wingers, huh? Yeah, let's go. The number one name on the team sheet, really, is yes. Christian Pulisic. Yes. Uh, he, I, I, I'm not sure if he's always going to be the captain for, for the U.S., but he, he has captained them on yeah. several occasions, and he is, he is the face of the U.S. men's national team. Whether you, mm -hmm. want to sit, when, whether you like it or not, he is. He, he is the one who provides most of the goals, and he creates goals. He, his dribbling is fantastic. He's not afraid to run in to defenders and take them on one on one. He is he is the principal creator of chances for the USMNT, in my opinion, at least. And he's bit he's gotten off to a good start at Chelsea, which is not something you could really say in the past in the past two seasons where he was injured yeah. at, the, at the start of those seasons so yeah he he scored in their opening uh, in their opening game had a pretty good yeah. had a pretty good game uh and against crystal palace though against crystal always, palace he always does that so he uh. hates crystal palace man. <laughs> he hates them uh but yeah he he is a very good player. He can be explosive at times. Uh, and also, uh, we have Christian Pen Penlisic in full, full effect. Yeah. Scoring penalties all over the place. Good penalties, really well placed. Uh, so, you know, he even even if he wasn't doing that, I guess you, you pick him anyway because he's the penalty taker then. So there yeah. you go. Uh, so I but regardless, 
he can play on the left. He can play on the right. He can play uh, through the middle as a 10. If that, if that, if that was what the system called for, uh-huh. I mean, he is a very, very good player. Absolutely. The first name on the team sheet uh, it, for the USMNT. But uh, going on to players that are maybe a little less obvious, maybe. Mm-hmm. Although, if you follow the USMNT, the, these these uh, next few are pretty obvious for, for options. Of course, you have Gio Reyna, who can play on the wing, but I have already talked about him. So let's go to RB Salzburg for Brendan okay. Aronson, okay. who is really fantastic. I mean, I... I A saucy he, player, one might yeah, say. Yeah, he's he's very, very, very good. Uh, probably above the level of Salzburg at times, it looks like, but, uh, you know, he, 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 need, he should probably stay there a little bit longer for his development. But he is a very good player, a, a big player, really. He, he shows up at the right time. He scored a last-minute winner in their, uh, in their Champions League first-leg uh, final qualifying round which mm-hmm. in the 90th minute, he is fantastic. Really? He, he, he can change games and he, he has sort of those same abilities that Christian Pulisic has a little less refined, yeah. which is, is, is okay. He's, he's younger than him. So makes sense, but he definitely needs to be in this squad because he is so, so, so good. Uh, I, I don't know how else to describe him other than just with saying good several times, <laughs> maybe great, fantastic amazing one might say amazing world class Uh, maybe not world class but you know get in there get in there yeah how about your next few wingers uh i'll I'll wait for you to explain all your wingers and then i'll go through okay because i'm gonna say just the same exact things you're gonna say so i don't want to do that (laughs) i i I will tell you my gripes with all of these players because i think there's there's things that they all need to improve but but who is your third winger or wait wait, before you even get to that i'm sorry i'm like going all over the place but i have to ask like is Brendan Aronson starting on the opposite side of Christian Pulisic, or is your next player going to be the one starting on the right wing? It, it's I I'd, I'd actually say start start Aronson I think because wow. I think Reyna's going to it was going to be better as an eight uh, during during this window at least because that, that's that, where he's been playing. That's probably not what Burhalter is going to say. I know, but... no, it's absolutely not what he's <laughs> going to say. It's the opposite of what he's going to say, but that that is the ideal thing I think. Okay. Pulisic and Aronson, but uh, my next two both come from League On. Uh, All right, and it's yep. T- yep. Tim Way. Uh, Tim Way. He he's he's good in in limited minutes for Leo, but he's fighting for his place in there. He can score goals. He's not always uh, among the goals or like among the assists or or whatever, but he is a very solid player who can do uh, really fantastic stuff. Like as we saw, I believe it was against. Ajax in the Europa mm-hmm. League yeah. where he perfectly like anticipated a pass latched onto it and slotted it past the goalkeeper like I mean that that's fantastic play it shows you what he can do he is not willing or he is not unwilling to uh pre- to press high and to force turnovers high up the pitch which when you have really pacey options uh like Pulisic uh Aronson even like Reyna you know that's not a bad thing to have, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's someone who's willing to press high, turn over the ball. That's very good. Uh, and then also, I, I think it might be. It, it seems a little too early. Sometimes some might say, but I think Conrad De La Fuente deserves a call up after Great he start. has had an explosive start. Really, mm-hmm. to, for for Marseille, he's been scoring goals. He he's been fantastic in preseason. He's a he's pretty much a guaranteed starter for Marseille at this point. 
And that's like a historic club, not not just in France, but in Europe. They were the only French team to win the Champions League, remember? So they're, they're a historic club. And for a U.S. men's national team player, especially such a young one, to be a starter for them, that is fantastic work, really. And I, I think he needs to be in this camp because of the start he's having. Like, get, give him a chance, really, and see see if he see if he's got the stuff to hang with uh, with the rest of the rest of the USMNT. Because I think he he has the ability. He's clearly shown it with Marseille. So give him the shot. Uh, that that's that that's my opinion on that. And yeah, it's for for the rest of the winners. Uh, I it's a little tough because I don't have too many other options. Uh, I have some on the periphery, sort of, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them I think he's always going to be around until the end of time. It seems Paul Ariola. <laughs> I think I I know that that that's going to cause some some problems because of the sitters he kind of missed in the Gold Cup final. But he he is good. He has incredible work rate, really. Yeah, he scored and a goal just when when we were recording this. I don't know. Really, if you... <laughs> look yeah, at he... that. Look at that. He's proving me <laughs> right right now. There we go. He he. I think like. He's definitely someone will be there if you if you need like uh, if you need someone to fill in for injuries or if or if a player can't come because of for sure like a club competition or something with their club, then yeah, he, he's going to be in there. He's definitely going to be among that picture of of the squad. And then yes. Nicholas Giacchini, I think, also should be around the picture. Uh, I believe he was he was the catalyst, actually, for the for the win against Qatar uh, mm-hmm. because he got subbed on and he provided the assist so yep. it, it shows you that he can be a, a really good super sub and I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of him I wish he was playing for perhaps like a bigger club because he's playing in league league two with uh, Kane which is not that great of a club so I, I would yeah. like to see him move but you know he, he's a decent player but I, I think I think he deserves to be around the picture of the squad mm-hmm Oh, and then Jordan Morris, but he's injured right now. Yeah, I think he deserves to be around that picture too. But yeah, again, he he's coming back from an ACL uh, an, an ACL injury, I believe, yep. and yep. that that's a tough one to come back from. So mm-hmm. obviously, he's gonna be out for a little while longer. Even though we have been seeing some videos of him at training, he seems to be getting really up to speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schmetzer has not ruled out him coming back this season. I I don't think it's smart to necessarily even call him up to camp anytime <laughs> before he's like 110 percent ready right so if we see him towards the january and march windows that seems a little bit more likely or we see him next summer with the friendly see where he's at maybe but yeah jordan morris to be fair is uh, i'm a big fan of him he is on my on the periphery list uh as for my starting or the, the the wingers that I would call up. Not starting, I have Christian and Tim Weah, to be to be fair. Okay. Christian Pulisic. Got some stats and some gripes for all these wingers. Uh stats for Christian Pulisic. You mentioned how he's a good dribbler. He's he's good at creating stuff. He's better than 90% of all wingers in terms of progressive carries per 90. He, like he's an elite player in that in that way. My only gripe with him really is I'd like to see him get some more consistency getting onto the score sheets. Because, you know, he, he's good at he's good at creating stuff, getting like the hockey assist, like the assist to the assist. He's good at uh, killing games off, as we saw when he's a super sub for Thomas Tuca last year. We've we seen him do a lot of like good things in spurts. But we kind of want to have the stats to back that up. You really see like, oh, well, he got 
10 assists, 10 goals this season. Like that, that's how good he is. Because that builds confidence. And we need that confidence because he's going to be the guy for our World Cup qualifying so, run. So basically, you want to see more of Project Restart, Christian. Uh, oh. That, that's, that's what you're saying. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, minus all of frank lampard being there minus uh, frank lampard yeah. but that that's already solved the yeah, minus that's, frank that's lampard part. Solved. that's good yeah yeah and minus the the injury in the fa cup final i'd also like to take that out as well that that yeah yeah if, if we could if you know if he if he didn't get injured in that maybe a hot take i think we win that one i 100 percent. i i i remember exactly where i was when that happened i got so hyped when he scored and so dejected when he came off yeah very sad very sad uh tim way I, I think should be the one starting opposite of Christian Pulisic, because I think they balance each other very well. Tim Way is a great asset to have on the wing because his goal isn't really to create goals. It's kind of to run behind and convert those goals. We got a lot of creators, but it's nice to have a guy who will just, you know, casually get a non-penalty goal extra of 0.34 per 90, which is good for, I think, top 20% of uh, wingers in, uh, in Europe. Very, very good. My gripe with him is... I really want to see his playing time for Lille increase this season. If they go into complete disarray, that's going to increase his chances because he they're just going to try stuff. I'd like to see that. I, I think if he can build off of his form from last season because he came back from an injury last season, he's going to be really good. Brendan Aronson, he has the sauce. He can score goals. Uh, he's not a great out-and-out winger. He's not great at like crossing or passing the ball because he's always played centrally. So either we we clog the central midfield even more and have him as another eight behind Gio Reyna, Yunus Musa, like all those players, or he just has to improve his like crossing and passing ability, and then he'll he'll be fully unlocked. Conrad De La Fuente, very simply, I just want to see a a bigger sample size than him. I know a lot of people on Twitter who have been watching him at Barca B know he's that good. I want to see it at the legal level because I know he could do it. Matthew Hoppy is my other winger that I have here. Yes, he's a striker, but I also included him as a winger here just to have like that that positional flexibility on uh, on display here. He's very good and very creative for the USA in the Gold Cup. He's still stuck in Schalke though. That if there if anything, that's my main gripe with him because I think he can get a, a lot of good experience at Schalke. I think it's, he could be a, a get good form there, score a lot of goals, get some assists. But with another club, he might be able to raise his level even more uh, and challenge him, even if he's not necessarily starting. So that's what I want to see from him. Uh, on the periphery, Paul Ariola, Jordan Morris, Kevin Paredes of DC United, potentially, Nico Giochini, as you mentioned, and Christian Roldan. Most of these players, I think, are just emergency wingers. Those five, I think, are going to be the main choices. If there's going to be anyone that's going to get called up right away, if something goes wrong and someone gets injured, it's Paul Ariola and Giochini, in my mind. Morris, if he's yeah. healthy. Uh, and actually, real yes. quick on the winners, I I classed uh, Hoppy as a striker, and originally he didn't make it into my squad, uh, which is a little strange, I'm sure, to some people. Yeah. But uh, the main reason I didn't put him in was... Kind of what you said. I think he needs to sort out his club future, like figure out if he needs if he's going to stay at Schalke or if he's going to push for a move. That's what it's looking like. It's looking like he is going to push for a move because he hasn't been in the past few squads for Schalke. Yeah. So if that's the case, I'd rather him like 
impress whoever his new coach is and and uh you know establish himself kind of yeah but, and maybe impress yeah. Rafa Benitez because he's been linked to Everton. Yeah, I've I've which, heard like they're close to like a four million euro deal, which is pretty good, I think for 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 him. You know, he yeah. he has a lot of upside. But it, I I think given that I uh, I have an extra space in like the midfield slash winger area, I'd I'd probably put him there then uh, just to bring him along because he is a good player. But yeah, it, it's the one thing that holds that was holding me back on a lot of these players was if they were trying to get their club situation sorted out, I'd prefer for them to do that than play in a few World Cup qualifying games because mm-hmm. I think that's more important for their careers as a whole than playing like a, a couple of World Qualifier Cup qualifiers. So But also that is only for these like players that might not start. Like Right. I, like yeah. I think we're in agreement that if like it was Christian Pulisic or Weston McKenney Oh, yeah. No, they, they they come no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be like, oh, you suck it. We kind of need you. We kind of need to win this game. Yeah. If it's like, uh, if, yeah, if it's like Hoppy or if it's like, let's say, Julian Green or Kellen Costa or like one of these players, we're like, all right, we don't necessarily need you right now. We're going to need you eventually. Go sort that out. Yeah. Right. Right. How about strikers, Jack? We talked a lot about wingers and all the other positions. Here is... You know, for the same reason why the goalkeeper, not the same reason, actually, the opposite reason why a uh, goalkeeper was so hard to predict and really decide, you know, strikers, we have a lot of depth, but nobody really stands out. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, with goalkeeper, it's like we have a lot of uh, choices. Everyone stands out. Yeah. I, w- I want to hear first who your starting striker is for El Salvador. Who, who would that be in your mind? Oh, it's it's tough, but I honestly, know, I know. honestly, I'm gonna go for Pifok and on that one. Wow! I, and the reason why is he's had a very good start to the season. Okay, like re, he he's really been popping off in in uh in his league and in the Champions League qualifiers yeah. as well. Like he he five, has been five goals in all competitions actually. Yeah, like that that's that that's good. Uh, like by any by any stretch of the imagination. So I I think that he should be the starter. He is probably the best goal scorer I think we have. And I yeah. I, th- I think he's more consistent than our other players. At uh, a lower level, though. At a lower level, yes, but still, like, I, I, I don't know. I, set, I, like, I think it's between him and Sargent for the starting position right okay. now. That, that's, that's what I'll say. Sargent is my, is my second choice. He just made that move to Norwich. Good player, great at linking up with with other with other players. Can create. Uh, it, it's just his, his finishing sometimes that that lacks. He he uh-huh. he some he oftentimes lacks just that finishing like clinical touch, you know. So that that's the only thing that that worries me. He is very good at connecting the play though. So like, I want to. I part of me wants to see him in like a two striker formation for the U.S. Hmm. men's national team, but that. But that would be really tough because it would involve retooling our entire system. So I'm not right. sure if that's really possible. But uh, and then I have two other strikers in All in right. the mix here. Uh, Daryl DK, I think he I think he's good. He he definitely showed he had to improve on some stuff during the Gold Cup. But you know he did score a brace against well Martinique, but still <laughs> still he he was he was very good in in, uh, in in sometimes, especially when he wasn't injured. 
Like once he got that injury, it was clear that he wasn't playing at the same level. Right. And we know what he can do from his time at Barnsley. Like we know he can be a very, very dangerous player. But that, it, but that it, was just like five months out of the year. And then with Orlando, with the U.S. national team, it's kind of, in my mind, been a little lackluster. I don't know. A little bit. Uh, I think I think it's because we hyped him up so much because of yeah, Barnsley. Yeah. And, you know, I, whenever that happens, it, it always even when they play well, it looks lackluster at times. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's been good, maybe not spectacular, but I, I think that he has like really good uh, physicality uh, and he has a good heading ability to uh, to uh, kind of beat beat defenders, get in there, score goals. Uh, I, I think he's, he's very good. And the only thing that holds him back a little bit is, again, club situation. Figure out if he wants to try and force a move from Orlando City or something. Or right. if he or if he's just like, yeah, no, I'll I'll stay until until January or whatever. And yeah, so that that's the that's the only thing with him. But then this last one. And before we started this, I said that this was going to this could cause some co- controversy because this player divides a lot of people. And you probably already know who I'm talking about. Is it Jossie Zardes? It is Jossie Zardes. Okay. I, I think I think if you're talking about like for like strikers he has to be in the mix for Uh for the squad because like it or not he's reliable for scoring some goals he really is he maybe they're tap-ins yes but he he's there to score them and that that matters a lot it it, i i'm very much of the mindset that it doesn't matter how the goals are scored as long as they are scored Uh so i i think you know he is kind of the person you want if you're playing in like low crosses across the across the six yard box, that's the player you want on the end of them a lot of the times mm-hmm. because he is good from that distance. And he he is I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's one of the fastest players to reach double digit goals and assists yes. for the U.S. men's national team. I think so. And until Christian Pulisic gets, I believe, another assist and then he'll be number okay. one. OK, but, but yes. still like he he is like it or not he produces goals at a pretty consistent level or a a pretty consistent rate for the U S men's national team, whether he creates them or scores them. It might be an unpopular opinion, but he, you you can't leave out Lord Zardes pretty much. That that, that's, that's about it. You got to have him in there. That's, that's very funny. Uh, I I will, I will one up you with that. I have Jossie Zardes starting El Salvador. All right. I I love it. I love it. I love the Zardes prop. I it's not exactly propaganda. It's more of like a, a place of for the same reason why I have all three goalkeepers starting uh each of the three games. Same same thing here. I have each of like the, the top three strikers I have starting one of the three games. That's kind of stupid, I know, but <laughs> in my like madman like like origin story, I'm like, yes, this is how I'm gonna line up the US men's <laughs> national team. I'm gonna start Jossi Zaras against El Salvador, Joss Sargent against Canada, and P. Fock against Honduras, and see what happens. Ah, but <laughs> I, I think Jossi Zaras, like it, he played well in the Gold Cup. I know it's not like a very like attractive pick, but you know he's been good, and he has experience playing these types of teams. I'm actually looking at his goal list for international goals right now. I will say that this is my major gripe with him. He hasn't scored any major goals yet. He hasn't scored anything that makes you, you know, say like this was a, such a big game other than like Qatar. Yeah, I, I was going to say I was going to say that that was pretty major. Th- that was a pretty <laughs> big goal, but that might be his biggest goal because he's never scored in like the final round of World Cup qualifiers. I'm looking at this. It's a lot of Gold Cup, 
some Nations League, some uh, friendlies. Uh, he, well, he scored in the Copa America Centenario against Ecuador. That that was a pretty that was a pretty good win. But yeah, I mean, like he has experience against Concacaf. But can he translate that to like a very high pressure situation? I I don't know. Second is probably I think Josh Sargent because even though he hasn't he isn't great at you know finishing those chances, he like you said is very good at connecting those players. And if Tim Way is the one that's like running behind, he might be the output for Josh Sargent. And we've seen this with the past friendlies. Josh Sargent is very good at that dis- that uh, defensive contribution. I tweeted about this, but. He is literally top 10% of pressures, tackles, interceptions, blocks, and clearances per 90. Like, you know, he played it with Werder Bremen. That's not a good sign that he had to do those. Uh, but he, he, got, he got very smart at tactical fouls, at pressing the ball through his time at Werder Bremen, which is a plus for all of us. Uh, I also have PFOC on here. It's at a lower level. If, for those of you who don't know, he plays at Young Boys in the Swiss Super League. Still very good. Uh, I think strikers, who, who you start is all about who's on form. You, like it's all about like who's confident, who's on fire right now. If you're going by that framework, you pick Pfock because he is the guy that is scoring those goals. Next is probably Jossie Zardes. Josh Sargent is I don't know. He's in a his own world right now. <laughs> I actually wouldn't call up Daryl Dika. I have him as like on the okay on, on the call up list potentially. Eventually, we'll, we will see him like in later camps, but. I don't know, like, with the Gold Cup, he just looked tired. Like, if I'm being honest, he, he, he looked fair. pretty gassed. <laughs> he went, like, he played, like, two full seasons in the space of, like, one and a half years because he went straight from Orlando City to Barnsley, straight from Barnsley to Orlando City, straight from Orlando City to the U.S. national team. And even before, even before uh, he, he moved to Barnsley, he was at Orlando City, played a full season. Before that, uh, just a couple months before uh, the world shut down, he was playing college ball for, uh, I want to say Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. Yeah, so, he, so he hasn't really had a long, like prolonged break that wasn't caused by COVID since the summer of 2019, 20, yeah, 2019. Like that is, that's crazy. Give him a rest. Uh, Orlando City is gonna, still going to be playing games, but it's not going to be as intense as World Cup qualifiers. And my last striker before we end things off is Ricardo Pepe of FC Dallas scored eight goals so far in the MLS is I believe only 17 or 18. You know, if you want to strike when the iron is hot, if you want to get the on, on form players, he is the guy. Most importantly, uh, unfortunately he's a dual national for Mexico and Mexico probably wants him because he's a good striker. And so if we call him up, we were like, Hey man, see all these bums out here. Look at Josh Sargent. Look, he's, he, he, he tried to shoot that. He hit the corner flag. You could replace him. Then I, I think we have a good chance of recruiting him, and maybe our striker situation gets easier at one, at on one hand, and also harder on the other. So I like to call him up as well. Jack, anything else about the strikers or just the roster in general? I mean, the the thing is uh, with the roster, I'm just gonna make a general comment, and I think every U.S. fan knows this. Really, we can predict all we want, but in the end. Greg Berhalter isn't going to listen to any of it, really. Like, let's let's be real. He's watch. He'll probably start like Brad Guzon somehow, uh. and like, and Tim Ream's probably going to start at least one game. But it, I, I, I think like if we were to pick our top squad, either of our squads would do for this. Like, really, yeah. uh, like 
I, I, I don't have any major gripes with your squad. Maybe, maybe DK is a bit of a strange call up on my part, but I, nah. I think like, I think like, you know, there's so many good players and the fact that this list was so difficult to make is a good sign. It is that that's, that's the best thing about making this list realizing like, uh, when I, w- when I was making this, I was, I, I was constantly thinking, Oh wait, I forgot about this player. I've got to, I've got to change this yeah. round. And like may, and the fact that I, that I had to do that makes that so much better that, that than being able to easily pick like the starting 11 or like the squad, like for a team, like a, a, an international team, I know Slovakia, it's so easy to pick like this, the, the 23 man <laughs> squad that like it, that, that just shows a bit of a problem in depth, but the U S finally is starting to get that after a while away from it, like for almost a decade, we've lacked sort of that depth. Yes. So it's good to see it coming back. And, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I guess I, I don't have anything else to add. I'm, I'm going to keep repeating myself if I keep going, but yeah, it, it's, it's just a good sign. Yeah. The only thing I'll add, cause I was very beautifully put Jack, good job is world cup qualifying is not going to be the strongest 11 versus strongest 11. It's going to be the strongest 28 versus the strongest 28 because you want to have that depth because you want to you want to keep legs fresh. Like if if one if we go into Canada game, Canada, Canada's gas because they use their their starting 11 twice in in three days or whatever. And we bring out like Aronson and and Wea and uh, Sebastian Legette, perhaps and and Caden uh, Clark. And we have all these fresh legs. We're going to win that game just based on how well rested we are if you are if you're facing an equally matched team and they sub in uh, uh three b teamers and you sub in three three players that could be a teamers you're going to have the advantage because suddenly you have you still have a high quality squad on the pitch at one time and so the fact that we are talking about all these players the fact that we are We've listed like more players on 28. We've probably listed close to 40 or 45 that are could be potentially called up. Goes to show you that that's going to that's going to work for us. That's going to be good for us, because at some point, I think all 45 players are eventually going to get called up because we need our we need 45 players to get through this World Cup qualifying because it's not 11 versus 11. It's going to be 28 versus 28. And that's all I'll say there. Jack, how about we end it there? Why don't you let the people know where we can, uh, where we can be found on the social medias? I suppose. Yeah, well, at Final Third Show is the location for all of the reactions to when you know Tim Ream does inevitably start for the U.S. Men's uh, National yeah. Team at least once. I, I'm calling it; he's going <laughs> to start at least once. And when it happens, you can be start. on our Twitter oh, and like the tweet. Where I say I told you also, so there, there you go. You can be on there. Uh, check out the polls that we do for uh, that are that we are starting to do for our weekly predictions, so you can play along uh, with uh, with AJ and I. See if you can get the better of us on predictions. Yeah, show that you're better at it. I guess. Yeah, so far uh, it's not working out because the, the the our Twitter followers voted for Borussia Dortmund to win the Super Cup. That didn't. End I did too. too. I did too. So yeah. I mean, so I guess I'm winning I, so far this week. I wanted I wanted Reina. I wanted Reina to to win, but doesn't always happen. But you know, follow us on there. It will be a fun time. Yeah. 
And also follow us on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Podcast Addict. I can go on. Uh, and also give us a rating and review there. Whenever we get a new review, we read it out on the podcast. So go ahead on Apple Podcast, Give us a review and we'll give you a free shout out for that. Tell your uh, friend about the show. Tell your dad about the show. We'll see you guys next Monday for our news and predictions episode. I'm very excited to talk about all the things that are happening this week on that show. And we have a very special uh, Thursday episode for you guys uh, next week. And we'll see you guys on that episode. Same time, same place for that deep dive episode. See ya. Bye for now.